Welcome back to The Daily Poem, a podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm Sean Johnson, and today is Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. Today, I'll be reading a speech from Henry IV, Part 1. Uh, the speech is delivered by one of Shakespeare's most beloved characters, Sir John Falstaff. Uh, in fact, legend has it that Falstaff was so popular, so universally beloved, that after the character dies off, uh, off stage or off screen for you millennials, uh, in Henry V, the Queen of England herself urged Shakespeare to resurrect the character. Uh, whether this is apocryphal or not, it is true that Shakespeare did, in fact, bring John Falstaff uh, back to life, as it were, uh, to appear in The Merry Wives of Windsor, which might have been a crime against the play, uh, because I think it suffers for his presence. But he is uh, always uh, lovable and enjoyable, uh, rogue and rake as he may be. Uh, in this passage from Henry IV, Part One, uh, King Henry IV is raising an army in order to put down uh, the rebellion of Henry Hotspur, uh, who uh, threatens civil war in Britain. And one of his commissioned officers, Sir John Falstaff, uh, has is explaining how Though the king has provided uh, the power to press soldiers into service, uh, there's also the legal option to buy your way out of service. And that John Falstaff has uh, taken this opportunity to make a little money uh, by allowing, uh, by conscripting the wealthiest and uh, noblest men he could find, and then allowing them all to buy their way out of their military service, and then uh, replacing them with the uh, the leftovers, shall we say, uh, the the flea bitten, uh, raggedly clothed, uh, entirely lacking in military experience. Uh, lowest class of British citizen. Uh, in this speech, he describes why he has done the thing that he has done. And to uh, comic effect, he describes the, the new uh, company of soldiers that he has raised. This is Sir John Falstaff from Act 4, Scene 2, Henry IV, Part 1. If I be not ashamed of my soldiers, I am a soused garnet. I have misused the king's press damnably. I have got, in exchange of a hundred and fifty soldiers, three hundred and odd pounds. I press me none but good householders, yeoman's sons, inquire me out contracted bachelors, such as had been asked twice on the bands, such a commodity of warm slaves as had as lief hear the devil as a drum, such as fear the report of a cal worse than a struck fowl or a hurt wild duck. 
oppressed me none but such toasts and butters with hearts in their bellies no bigger than pins' heads, and they have bought out their services. And now my whole charge consists of ancients, corporals, lieutenants, gentlemen of companies, slaves as ragged as Lazarus, and the painted cloth with the gluttons and dogs licked his sores, and such as indeed were never soldiers, but discarded, unjust serving men, younger sons to younger brothers, revolted tapsters and ostlers trade fallen, the cankers of a calm world and a long peace, ten times more dishonorable ragged than an old fees at ancient. And such have I to fill up the rooms of them as have bought out their services, but you would think that I had a hundred and fifty tattered prodigals lately come from swine-keeping, from eating draft and husks. A mad fellow met me on the way and told me I had unloaded all the gibbets and pressed the dead bodies. No eye hath seen such scarecrows. I'll not march through Coventry with them, that's flat. Nay, and the villains march wide betwixt the legs as if they had jives on. For indeed, I had the most of them out of prison. There's not a shirt and a half in all my company, and the half-shirt is two napkins tacked together and thrown over the shoulders like a herald's coat without sleeves. And the shirt, to say the truth, stolen from my host at St. Albans or the red-nosed innkeeper of Daventry. But that's all one. They'll find linen enough on every hedge. There you have it, John Falstaff, the knight without honor, uh, winking at the dis <laughs> disappointing uh, and embarrassing company that he's raised in order to uh, pocket 300 and odd pounds for himself, uh, though even he uh, has enough shame to march them around Coventry rather than through it. Uh, he says, it'll all be fine. Uh, they'll they'll close them clothe themselves uh, from the hedges if worse comes to worse. This has been the daily poem. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with a little more Shakespeare for you to listen to past episodes or to support the show. Please visit dailypoempod.substack.com. On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry, I'm Sean Johnson. Until next time. Very happy reading.